Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Wallace around the outside lane to the lead. Blaney right there for second. Wallace slams the door, goes up to try and block. We've got a car in the wall. Oh, Bubba gets turned in the face of the field. Truex gets slobbered. Holman Digger gets slobbered. Walking down the back straight away, a massive pileup between turns one and two. It is official. Kyle Busch has won here at the Talladega Super Speedway, driving a Chevrolet at the right place at the right time. Off of turn number two, he was out front when the caution flag flew, and Kyle Busch has scored the win in the Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. I felt like we were going to have to come in and get some, some fuel to get points, but... You know, I guess that you'd rather be lucky some days, and we were certainly that today. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you after we have made our way out of the great state of Alabama and the Talladega Super Speedway and the Geico 500, preparing for our only trip into the first state of Delaware, going to the capital of the first state this weekend and Dover Motor Speedway. We're going to back you up to a NASCAR Live backtracks. We'll relive the Geico 500 on this week's NASCAR Live. Plus, we're also going to look back on the career of the latest drivers to be named to NASCAR's 75 Greatest Drivers list. We're going to do a deep dive on the kings of concrete, those drivers that have had success on concrete racetracks over the years. Sheldon Creed is going to join us. He'll talk about the team's recent momentum and obviously that second place finish he and the team had in the Ag Pro 300 Saturday at Talladega. Plus, we'll preview all of the action ahead of us this weekend at the Monster Mile. But to get us going, as he always does, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest check of NASCAR news. Kyle? 
Mike, during the Ag Pro 300 at the Talladega Super Speedway over the weekend, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Blaine Perkins was transported to a nearby hospital for further evaluation after his car crashed and rolled several times during Saturday's event. Perkins was released from the hospital and posted a statement on social media to say thank you to everyone who cared for him and that he can't wait to get back to racing soon. And as the sport is set to make its return to one of the most iconic tracks for the 2023 All-Star Race, Legacy Motor Club and STP will honor one of the greatest drivers in NASCAR history, Hall of Famer and team co-owner Richard Petty. STP and the American brand of automotive aftermarket products will make a historic return as primary sponsor to the number 43 driven by Eric Jones on May 21st at the North Wilkesboro Speedway for the annual exhibition race. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll go back around the 2.66 mile Talladega Super Speedway for a NASCAR Live Backtracks. And later, we'll go in depth on the Kings of Concrete as NASCAR returns to Dover this weekend. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper to bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Sunday, the NASCAR Cup Series concluded its early season super speedway racing efforts where calamity ensued late once again. Let's relive all the excitement from Sunday's Geico 500 with another edition of a NASCAR Live Backtracks. Field works its way through the tri-oval start-finish line on the other side of that. Here they come. Green flag is in the air from Chief Starter Greg Harris. Through the gearbox they go for the first time. The NASCAR Cup Series racing at Talladega. Here comes some Toyotas on the pit road. They are going to bail out of the draft. Oh, one of them slides. Nearly wrecks and now spins it around. It's Tyler Reddick that will spin. He'll make contact with the inside wall. Car ricochets across the pit lane out into the grass. He's going to grab a gear and try to pull in. Disaster for Tyler Reddick, who's going to get back to his pit box. We stay under the green flag. Cars in the Toyota camp making pit stops. Elliott is there. So is Bowman. But Elliott has the fender out in front thanks to Chastain. Exactly. He needs one more good push from Ross Chastain, and Chastain is there. Latched onto the back bumper of Chase Elliott as they run side-by-side side through three and out of four. Chastain doing his job, pushing Chase Elliott to the point. The first checkered flag of the afternoon, and they all want it. The green and white checkered flag is out. Chase Elliott will take the lead. Chastain, Bowman side-by-side side for second at the line. It is Chase Elliott. He will pick up the stage one win, and he will do it over his teammate, Alex Bowman, second, followed by Ross Chastain, William Byron, and Kyle Larson. That was your top five finishers in stage one. Now that tightens up as he exit two. Bubba Wallace comes flying around the outside. He's leading that outside line. He gets the advantage over Chase Elliott, but Elliott gets more drafting assistance from Eric Almarola. But Chase Elliott back to the lead by the time they get to three. And Elliott will get out in front of everybody. Almarola tucked onto his back bumper. He'll pull himself past Bubba Wallace as well. It's a top two breakaway. Chase Elliott leads Eric Almarola and Kevin Harvick. Down to the bottom of the racetrack. Chase Elliott has the field behind him. Coming to the tri-oval and the green and white checkered flag. Chase Elliott now will get a challenge 
Bush from Eric Almarola to the line. It's a dead heat. Eric Almarola will come across the line and score the win, the stage two win over Chase Elliott. So trying to play the fuel-saving game Trouble at this point. Trouble three. Harrison Burton gets turned. Bottom of the racetrack. Burton gets turned. And now others begin to slide and crash up into the banking of turn number three. So that will put us under the caution flag. It looks like Austin Dillon is involved. Several others are involved. Dillon, a lot of those cars down on the apron. Perhaps you can see them from your spot. I can't, Jeff. They're down at the very bottom of the racetrack uh, up by the, or down by the campers. I can tell you Harrison Burton is driving by me right now. Right side tires up at least on that race car. I uh, can't see the left, but Austin Dillon it sounds like is the other one involved down here in 3 and 4 and he's on pit road. Austin Hill also got a piece of that crash at the exit of the Alabama Gang Super Stretch. Here they come into turn number one. Gibbs to the outside lane. Drafting help from Bubba Wallace. He'll drive to the outside of Eric Almarola. Puts a fender up for second. He wants a piece of the lead on the back Side by side for the lead. Double wide among the front seven. You got the third lane that's up to eighth, up to seventh now. It's coming. Here comes Priest. He gets a huge jump for Aaron Jeff from Aaron Jones. Three wide for the lead. And they were organized perfectly as they work down the back straightaway. And we are three wide, rows about one through ten as they work off a of turn number four. Blaney pulls the inside lane back to the front. Five laps to go. Eric Elmarola is right there. So many strong performances in the last couple of years have come a cropper with late misfortune. Ryan Blaney uh, at the front of the pack with everybody in the rear view. Ryan Blaney's fan base right oh, now. Trouble back straight away. Joey Logano gets turned. He's hard into the inside wall. Harrison Burton spins. He's hard into the inside wall. As the pack comes apart, Logano was trying to lead the charge up the three wide line and he got turned into the fence off turn two. Noah Gregson has never won at this level. Overtime. Green, white, checkered flag. Here we go. The green is in the air, and Noah Gregson will get the jump thanks to Ross Chastain, but that inside lane begins to roll. The Ford's downstairs, and here comes Ryan Blaney. Eric Almarola just shoving the down. Look out. Noah Gregson gets hit. He's head on into the wall in turn number one. Kyle Larson spins. Oh, he gets tattooed by Ryan Priest. Priest sprints down the banking. Who has enough Sunoco fuel to go the distance? A green-white checker finish overtime number two at Talladega, and here they come. It is Blaney on the inside, Kyle Busch on the outside. Ty Gibbs out of fuel. Day done for Ty Gibbs as the field begins to build speed, and now it's Kyle Busch going to the lead at Talladega. Kyle Busch takes the lead. Bubba Wallace around the outside. He goes to second spot. Ryan Blaney just trying to come up to speed. He's all the way back in a side-by-side battle with Truex. Kyle Busch and company will change lanes, pull down to the inside as Ryan Blaney now is fourth in line. It's Kyle Busch leading. Bubba Wallace right behind him. Bubba just shoving him with Brad Keselowski. He's running third right now. And Blaney has caught back up to this group as they work into turn number three and four, but it's still the top two breaking away. Kyle Busch and Bubba Wallace. Eric Almarola, he may be out of fuel. He's dropping through the middle of the pack. 
outside lane begins to form up. It's Bubba Wallace coming to the outside. Challenge for the race lead. Field steaming to the white flag. Bubba Wallace, the new race leader. Ryan Blaney's on his back bumper headed to turn one. Wallace around the outside lane to the lead. Blaney right there for second. Wallace slams the door. Goes up to try and block. We've got a car in the wall. Oh, Bubba gets turned in the face of the field. Truex gets slaughtered. The reason we don't know is because when the caution gets put out, the field is frozen, and Jeff, it's now official. It is official. Kyle Busch has won here at the Talladega Super Speedway, driving a Chevrolet at the right place at the right time. Off of turn number two, he was out front when the caution flag flew, and Kyle Busch has scored the win in the Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. Kyle, congratulations. Describe the green-white check that you were able to hold off and get the win for. Yeah, I mean, just you never know what's going to happen, right? And, and we had the track position. We had the opportunity to be up front there. Short on fuel, you just don't know. So you take that chance. Luckily, I, I thought about it, and I'm like, we got to take the chance. You know, that win in Fontana really opened that door for us today. If we didn't have that, I felt like we were going to have to come in and get some, some fuel to get points. But... You know, I guess I'd rather be lucky some days, and we were certainly that today. It feels good to just see the seas part finally and me squeak through and not get torn up in a couple of those wrecks late. Coming up, we'll recognize the latest to be named to the list of NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers. And later, we will explore those that have had success on the concrete as we return to the Monster Mile. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. As NASCAR continues to celebrate its diamond anniversary, let's go back 25 years when, during its golden anniversary, a list of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers was released. Now it's 25 years having passed and a number of excellent drivers having come and gone. It's time to add to that list by naming 25 additional drivers to NASCAR's list of its 75 greatest. Alongside Tony Stewart, Mike Stefanik, Randy LaJoy, Greg Biffle, Kyle Larson, Casey Kane, and Sterling Marlin, five more. Four drivers were recently honored with the recognition. MRN's Jason Toy is here to tell us about the new members of that distinguished list. As NASCAR continues to celebrate its diamond anniversary, the organization has again announced the newest members of NASCAR's 75 Greatest Drivers list, as five more drivers have been honored with this distinction. Let's meet the contingent. Our first driver had a knack for qualifying. Ryan Newman set an electrifying pace during his career, earning 64 pole awards across the three national series, 52 of which came at the cup level. 
His prowess in qualifying earned him the nickname Rocket Man in his ninth all-time in career polls. Does Newman have enough fuel for the final time? They come into turn one. Ryan Newman down to the inside of the racetrack. Elliott taking a higher line off the turn, shutting it down by by the car length, but Ryan Newman leads to the backstretch for the final time. After two second-place finishes, Ryan Newman had enough of that. He wants first into turn three. Again, working the bottom of the racetrack. Elliott closes in, but it's not going to be enough. Ryan Newman leads off turn four. He'll go down in the books as the golden boy of 2003. Ryan Newman comes to the line, winning his eighth Winston Cup race of the season. In 2001, he came here to Kansas Speedway, finished second. Last year, he came here, he finished second. Finally, this year, he scores the win at the Banquet 400. A true Ironman of the sport, Newman made every start of the 36 race season for 18 consecutive years. Across his 752 career starts, the Rocket Man scored 18 victories and ran over 200,000 laps. His biggest victories came in the 2002 All-Star Race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, earning the famous Winston Million and the 2008 Daytona 500. The front three are fine right now in Kenseth, Truex, and Kyle Busch. But here comes Hamlin, storming up the outside of the racetrack for second. And that outside lane up to the second spot, led by Denny Hamlin. Throws the block, does Matt Kenseth. He's out of shape. Here comes Martin Truex Jr. to the bottom. Checkered flag waving at the start-finish line. Who will get there first? It's Truex on the inside, Hamlin on the outside, and too close to call. Denny Hamlin showing up as the race winner. That is unofficial. Truex coming home second. Kyle Busch third by one one-hundredth of a second. Denny Hamlin has won the 58th running of the Daytona 500. That's what it sounded like when Denny Hamlin won his first Daytona 500. The Virginian now has three wins in the Great American Race, one in the Coca-Cola 600, and 41 more in the Cup Series. That's good for 16th all-time. With those accolades to his name, Hamlin is clearly one of NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers. Even without a championship, he is certainly Hall of Fame bound when he becomes eligible. Another flex for the 42-year-old is that Hamlin has at least one cup victory in 16 of 18 seasons and has finished top five in the final point standings eight times. Following his father Bill's footsteps, Chase Elliott has put quite the resume together through a decade in NASCAR's National Series. After winning the Xfinity Series title in 2014, he moved up to Hendrick Motorsports and has since won 18 times, including the biggest coming at the finale of the 2020 season. The white flag is out here at Phoenix. One more time to turn number one for Chase Elliott. Final time into turn number one. You can hear him warming up the siren in Dawsonville, Georgia. Here he comes to the back straightaway. Chase Elliott on his way to the title. Here he comes off turn number two, up off the bottom to the back straight away and now he'll ease it into turn three looking for a win and a championship. Hendrick Motorsports and driver Chase Elliott looking for the checkered flag. It's out. Chase Elliott wins at Phoenix. Chase Elliott scores the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series championship. Elliott has won multiple races a year for five consecutive seasons and has also been recognized as the Cup Series most popular driver award each year during that same span. The next member of the list is remembered for one of the most iconic celebrations in NASCAR history. Here he comes, and if past history is any indication, (laughs) we may see a backflip here at the start-finish line. Here comes Carl Edwards climbing out of the truck. The fireworks are in the air, and Carl Edwards backflip onto the the asphalt. (laughs) 
That kid's got guts. When most fans hear the name Carl Edwards, they think of his acrobats after he found himself in victory lane, but is also remembered for his accomplishments on the racetrack. Darian Grubb and the crew did the work on pit road. Carl Edwards did the rest. He took them to victory lane and a win in the Bojangles Southern 500. The popular Missouri native was a 28-time winner in Cup Series competition. Edwards also enjoyed several dominant years in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, earning the 2007 championship and finishing as the circuit's runner-up on four occasions. Rounding out the contingent is one of NASCAR's most dominant Craftsman Truck Series drivers of all time. One more time for Ron Hornaday as he leads Matt Crafton by some three truck lane. And Matt Crafton beginning to run out of time. Ron Hornaday continues to open up that advantage at the front of the field. Now six truck lanes off of turn two for the final time for Ron Hornaday. He's had the champion spark plug logo on that truck today. He's made a championship performance and run for the championship this year. Hornaday takes it midpoint through the straightaway or in the turn and turn three and four, five truck lengths off a turn four to victory lane. He has survived, he has dominated, and finally, Ron Hornaday Jr. wins at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That's what it sounded like when Ron Hornaday Jr. won for the 51st time in the series, a feat that is second best all time behind Kyle Busch. Hornaday's dominance behind the wheel of the truck led to four championships and was even enough to earn the respect of the NASCAR Hall of Fame voting committee as the 64-year-old was inducted into the hall in 2018. The resumes of these five drivers has set a high standard for the hopefuls that look to join them on the list of NASCAR's greatest 75 drivers. Thank you, Jason. Coming up, we'll break down the Kings of Concrete and later Sheldon Creed will join us. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend, NASCAR returns to the Monster Mile, Dover Motor Speedway in Dover, Delaware. This is one thing that separates this track from quite the others, and that is its surface. It is paved with concrete, one of three that is paved with that surface. A handful of drivers have seemed to have mastered this style of racing. Our Tim Cattlefamo is here now to tell us more about the Kings of Concrete. The NASCAR Cup Series boasts the most diverse schedule in all of motorsports. The series currently races on super speedways, short tracks, intermediate ovals, and road courses all over the United States. The category of each of those racetracks, however, isn't the only unique aspect of the Cup Series schedule. While the vast majority of tracks are asphalt surfaces, the series also races currently on three tracks laid with concrete. The Bristol Motor Speedway became the first of all concrete tracks in NASCAR when it was resurfaced in 1992. 
Dover Motor Speedway later joined those ranks when its asphalt surface was eliminated in favor of concrete in 1995. The third concrete surface currently raced on is Nashville Super Speedway. The track entered the sport in 2001 with Xfinity and Truck Series competition and then later became a stop on the Cup Series schedule in 2021. While each racetrack category seems to have its specialists, the same can be said for the surfaces, and we have seen a select few concrete kings over the years. The first such king was a man known as the Rainbow Warrior. Climbing the banking for the final time, Gordon brings the DuPont Chevrolet through turn two, flashes wide off onto the back straightaway. Steve Park has cleared the lap car of Jeff Burton, but Jeff Gordon brings the car back into turn three looking for the checkered flag. Jeff Gordon will join Bill Elliott and Ricky Rudd as four-time winners at Dover Downs International Speedway. He'll pick up his second win of the 2001 season. Jeff Gordon jumped on the scene in the Cup Series just as Bristol and Dover were being resurfaced and quickly became the man to beat at both tracks throughout the course of the 1990s. The four-time Cup Series champion has 10 total concrete wins in the Cup Series, with five each coming at Bristol and Dover. While Gordon might have been the first concrete king, he can't state the claim of having concrete in his nickname. You know, people have called me a lot of things, but they actually called me Concrete Carl for a while because uh, we won a bunch of races on, on the concrete tracks, including Dover. So for me, I like the way it races. I like the sensation of speed. And we just got to hope we hit everything just right. Concrete Carl Edwards' dominance at the three concrete racetracks came across all three series. Edwards has 16 total concrete wins across Cup, Xfinity, and Truck Series competition. Four of those wins came at Bristol and one at Dover over the course of his Cup Series career. Where Edwards really earned the nickname Concrete Carl, however, was through his success in the Xfinity Series. Carl Edwards has the field singing the blues at Nashville tonight. He's off turn two for the final time. Midpoint down the back straightaway. The Iron Man effort for the gentleman on the concrete. Edwards works his way back into turn number three. One more time, sweeping by Finnells, trying to make the challenge. Won't work as Carl Edwards heads to the checkered flag. It'll be his 34th career win of the NASCAR Nationwide Series. A record number eight on concrete. The man they call Concrete Carl. Carl Edwards wins the Federated Auto Parts 300. In the Xfinity Series, Edwards boasted nine concrete wins, five of which coming at Nashville Super Speedway. In fact, in 13 Xfinity Series starts in Music City, the king of the backflip had an absolutely staggering average finish of 3.5. While Edwards might have been the only driver with concrete in his nickname, no story about the concrete kings of NASCAR could be complete without Jimmy Johnson. In only his 13th start, Jimmy Johnson won at California Speedway earlier this year, and now, just a little over a month later, he scores his second Winston Cup win here at the Dover International Speedway in the MBNA Platinum 400. And Johnson's looking for checkers yet again here in Dover. Jimmy Johnson looking like a three-time champion should. Commanding the race here today at Dover International Speedway, he will win the AAA 400. It is all over, and Jimmy Johnson, for the 11th time, in his career has picked up the win here at Dover. The 11th win here at the Monster Mile. Is it safe to say you and this fellow named Miles the Monster are now best friends? Yeah, we're buddies. Hopefully we can stay that way. If you thought Carl Edwards' average finish at Nashville Super Speedway was impressive, take a look at the numbers for Jimmy Johnson at Dover. The seven-time champion won 11 Cup Series races at the track and added two more victories at Bristol. As things currently stand, the final two wins of Johnson's 83 Cup Series checkered flags came at Bristol and Dover in the spring of 2017. Now let's move on to the drivers who have an argument to be called the current king of concrete. Here 
Here he comes. Final time off the end of the back straightaway. Justin Allgaier getting ready to go back to victory lane in Music City. Here he comes off turn four. He's been the class of the field. Make it official. He is best of show. Justin Allgaier sees the checkered flag, and Justin Allgaier wins the Tennessee Lottery 250 for the NASCAR Xfinity Series here at the Nashville Super Speedway. In the Xfinity Series, the current king of concrete has to be Junior Motorsports driver Justin Allgaier. Allgaier has four wins in the series on concrete surfaces, including his breakout win at Bristol in 2010. He also completed the concrete trifecta when he won at Nashville Super Speedway last summer. Speaking of Nashville, in the Cup Series, only two drivers have won in Music City. And not surprisingly, they also have victories at Bristol and Dover. Thoroughly dominant afternoon. Larson for the final time headed for three. Here he comes now off the end of the back straightaway. Won't challenge the lap traffic. All he's got to do is nurse it back to the start finish line. He's on the bottom trying to do exactly that. Kyle Larson exits turn number four. Checkered flag in the air. And Kyle Larson wins the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway. Here he comes into turn three. Chase Elliott heading for the checkers for the final time into four. Martin Truex Jr. around on the back straightaway as Chase Elliott rockets up out of turn number four and will win at Dover. Chase Elliott is a two-time winner at the Monster Mile, taking the Duramax Dryden 400. Hendrick Motorsports teammates Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott are those two drivers. Larson's dominant win at Nashville Super Speedway was part of his 2021 championship season. For Elliott, he won at Bristol when the All-Star Race was contested there in 2020 and swept the Summer Concrete Series at Dover and Nashville one year ago. Now, if you thought there was a glaring omission on our list of names with a claim to the concrete throne, let's introduce to you a driver nicknamed Rowdy. The word is finally, finally, a NASCAR Nationwide Series win in Nashville for Kyle Busch. It is his fourth win of the year. Kyle Busch sets sail for victory lane. Speeding penalty, no problem. Late race restart in the bag. Kyle Busch wins for the fifth time at Bristol in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. It's a late game rally for Kyle Busch to grab the lead from Chase Elliott. Off turn number four across the line, Kyle Busch wins at Dover. While Jimmy Johnson's 13 Cup Series wins on concrete are the most of all drivers, when you take all three series into account, there's only one man with a legitimate claim to the throne. And that, of course, is Kyle Busch. Busch holds the record with 38 wins in NASCAR on concrete. And frankly, no other driver is close. 11 of those wins came in the Truck Series, 16 in the Xfinity Series, and 8 coming on Concrete Bristol and 3 at Dover. Bush sits at 11 Concrete wins in the Cup Series, with plenty of time and chances to catch JJ's 13. So can Bush draw closer this weekend? Will Larson or Elliott add to their total? Or will a new king of concrete step up to slay Miles the Monster this weekend? We eagerly await answers to those questions in Dover. Thank you, Tim. Coming up, Sheldon Creed sits down with our Jason Toy, and later we'll preview the action ahead of us this weekend in Dover. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. 
This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Saturday, Sheldon Creed posted his best finish of the season. He finished second in the AgPro 300 at Talladega Super Speedway. Creed has recently elevated his performance on the track. He's finished in the top 10 in three of the last four Xfinity Series races. Jason Toy is back with us. He caught up with the 25-year-old earlier to discuss those recent successes. Coming off a, a top five second place finish at Talladega. And Sheldon, I'll tell you what, Talladega is its own beast. And I know we saw that with uh, all the action on the racetrack there. When you're in a driver's seat, and I know you always have to focus on what's out the windshield and you control what you can control, but there's a lot of things at Talladega you can't control, isn't it? Like I've been on the good end of it and, and the bad, but yeah, just trying to uh, control your, your own race is really all you can do there. Well, let's talk about you guys in this season. And I know compared to last year, it was getting that consistency built up. It seems like this year you're starting to get that consistency uh, early on in the season, which is what you really need. What's it been like this season for you guys, the second year running the number two car? Yeah, we're certainly, you know, more competitive. Been a little rocky still, just up and down. We run good one weekend and then the next weekend we, we struggle. But, um, yeah, I feel like we're, we're starting to find that you know that balance and and getting some consistency going uh obviously the 21 had a really good start to this season um but yeah just just trying to get to uh, a good stretch of tracks for us you know we struggle on the short tracks and that's kind of all we had the last few weeks so i'm um, really excited excited for this next stretch uh starting with talladega um but we have dover darlington charlotte road courses coming up and, uh, and we seem to run good at all of those. So excited for, for what we have coming and I uh, hope we can really, you know, uh, fire the team up and, and get some good finishes going back to back. Let's talk about Dover. You're gonna run for the dash for cash. So a chance to add a little extra $100,000 to your pocket there. And, and that's one thing we hear a lot from a lot of the drivers. Going to Dover after Talladega, it's the, one of their favorite tracks. Describe what that feeling is to run Dover. Oof, fast. It's uh, it's extremely fast. That's a place you hold your breath at, uh, especially in qualifying. I don't think you breathe for over 20 seconds. I don't think you breathe your whole lap, but um, it's just, it's different. It's it's kind of like a Bristol, but you're going a lot faster. Uh, you're dropping down in the corners, and uh, and really it's it's pretty technical and, and a little tricky, but um, concrete tracks are, are always, you know, a, a favorite of mine, and um, yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to play with, we're looking at some rain this weekend, could practice, could qualify, could not, uh, but either way, I hope we get to start up front and, and, uh, just have a solid day. Partners with Xfinity, uh, come up with a great program for you guys a handful of years ago to run for that extra cash and spotlight those Xfinity series regular drivers to have this opportunity. How big is this uh, is this opportunity for you guys to be able to to have this what four four race stretch where you can run for that hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, first time for us, so uh, super exciting. I thought we were going to get into it at at Coda, but uh, obviously got spun there. But um, yeah, exciting for us and and a way to uh, you know get not only myself but the the crew guys bonuses and um, yeah, it just gets everyone pumped up and. Uh, motivates us maybe a little more to uh, to go out and try to beat those other three cars. It's great that when NASCAR has partners like Xfinity to be able to, to offer this program for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, 
I mean, I think Xfinity in general is, is uh, you know, great to NASCAR and, and great to our series and, um, you know, really makes it fun for, for all of us to be able to do this. And, and it gives us four chances to, uh, to all make a little more money. Sheldon Creed is here with us, getting ready to head to Dover this weekend. And you talked a, a second ago about running at Dover and that drop-off. And I don't think folks get a, a sense of it until you actually are there at Dover. It is quite the drop-off when you go into the corners. So it's what, a story or two, it seems like, instantly you're dropping down through one and two and three and four. Yeah, exactly. Um, and even even coming up out of the corner, you're, you're coming back up, you know, the story or two. Um which that's kind of what I was getting at is it just makes it makes it a little tricky uh, with the car and the handling. How do you get it into the corner, you know, dropping down the hill and then uh, and then setting yourself coming back up the hill because the car gets really light once you get to the top. So um, just different. And uh, and I love, you know, that diversity between, you know, different racetracks and and uh, Dover for sure has that going for itself. Thank you, Jason. Coming up, we'll look ahead to this weekend's racing action in Dover. And later, we'll flash back to the 1994 Budweiser 500. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Getting ready to head for the exit shortly here on NASCAR Live. But before we do, got a couple of more gems for you. First, the NASCAR Cup Series is going to be racing at Dover Motor Speedway this weekend. Can't wait to get there. It's going to be a lot of fun as NASCAR returns to the East Coast. Let's hear what several of the drivers have to say as they prepare for the unique challenges of the Monster Mile. After a wild weekend on the high banks of Talladega, the NASCAR Cup Series now heads to another high bank track, but one that presents a completely different challenge in the one-mile Dover Motor Speedway. At Talladega, Kyle Busch joined William Byron and Kyle Larson as multi-time winners this season, and Busch has accomplished that in his first 10 races with Richard Childress Racing. As Busch continues to try and up the level at RCR as a team, he feels it's his duty to the team and has Dover circled as a place where he needs to improve. It's my duty, it's my service to them to to give them everything that I've got, absolutely everything that I've got for them sticking their neck out for me at uh, at RCR. So, you know, we're we're working really hard in a lot of areas. Uh, I keep pushing these guys on on some stuff, and and I hope that it, it it'll continue to get better as we progress through the year. I think next week is another big test for us as uh, the RCR group. Statistically speaking, at Dover was horrendous <laughs> a year ago. So hopefully we can turn that around. Bush's former teammate Christopher Bell won at Dover multiple times in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, but struggled there in his first few attempts in the Cup car. Bell was able to turn things around last year with a fourth place finish. While the Oklahoma driver isn't sure if something clicked in the next gen car, he admits getting practice time at Dover is a huge help. Yeah, Dover has always been one of my favorite racetracks. Uh, I love going there, but it was a struggle through 2020 and 2021. I, I don't exactly remember if we had practice and qualifying in 2021 at Dover. 2022, we did have practice and qualifying, and I think that helped us a lot uh, control our own destiny a little bit more. And uh, I, it's a place where I think that you know we should be a factor at, um, and I'm excited to get there and see what you know what what it has in store for us because uh, i think that'll be a good test of pace for the field 
Like Bell, Joey Logano was a master of Dover when he raced there in the Xfinity Series, winning four times. But he hasn't been able to do that on Sundays, going 0 for 26 so far. The defending series champion says that the Monster Mile is one track that his 22 team still needs to make gains on. Uh, it's, it's hard. Uh, it's it's probably one of our tougher racetracks as a team as well. Uh, it's just trying to get speed out of our car. So it'll be a tough day <laughs> for sure. Um, hopefully we can make some gains on, on what we had there last year. We're not going the same. I know that. <laughs> we, we've already uh, revamped our setup and, and tried something completely different. Um, so hopefully we make some gains on it and we can race with them. Tough, brutal, and exhausting are all words that drivers have described Dover through the years. 2021 Dover winner Alex Bowman explains all of the challenges the track can present. I mean, it's a really physical race. I feel like 400 laps around that place is tough for anybody, um, especially when you're not having a good day. But I feel like there's a pretty split balance between leading and traffic. Uh, That's kind of what got us last year is we were really good in traffic and then we got the lead and we were way too free. So just trying to figure out what that balance needs to be. Green flag pit cycles are really tough there. Uh, It's a tricky pit road to hit getting onto pit road and then i feel like you know last year we got trapped a lap down somebody lost a wheel in the middle of a pit cycle and we had to come from the back the last run so yeah just difficult to have a, a perfect day there but uh when you do it's it's really fun while many drivers lament the challenges on the concrete oval it also presents one of the more thrilling experiences drivers encounter every year with the g-forces they pull heading into the corners Tyler Reddick always looks forward to those thrills. I love that place, honestly. I really do. It's so much damn fun to drive. Racing there kind of is a pain in the ass, but I I forget about that place sometimes. I really do. It's crazy as that sounds. Only going there once a year now. You know, it's kind of weird. We used to go there twice. And yeah, just when you make laps around that place, whether it's in real life or in... um, or even in sim, it takes your breath away. It's a really exciting racetrack to just just drive. Racing, like I said, is has been difficult there. Just there's a lot on throttle time, and the cars are so close. But yeah, it's really one of the I'd say most fun racetracks, exciting, exhilarating racetracks we have. While a Bell, Bowman, or Reddick win this weekend wouldn't surprise many, a driver that could be a dark horse candidate to pull in the victory lane is Ty Gibbs. After struggling in the first month of the season, the 2022 Xfinity Series champion has four top 10 finishes in the last six races. The Rookie of the Year contender says to continue to build on that, he has to continue to eliminate some rookie mistakes. Don't be dumb and make mistakes, basically. (laughs) Don't be a rookie while you're a rookie, I guess is the best way to say it. Like, no speeding, no passenger penalties, uh, just kind of the baseline stuff like that. When that stuff doesn't happen, I feel like we're really good and just never give up to like these races are a long time so i feel like you can get mad at them i feel like i've got mad you know angry about halfway through the race and then reset and then go to the end and finish good so just gotta stay in it the whole time will a young driver like gibbs conquer the monster mile on sunday or one of the sports veterans use their experience to take home one of the coolest trophies in nascar we'll find out on sunday afternoon in the worth 400 That Dover preview brought to you by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll revisit the 1994 Budweiser 500. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We once again are putting the MRN time machine back to work as we step back 
to the 1994 Budweiser 500 at Dover. Kenny Schrader continues to look strong. Morgan Shepard still had a shot at him until he hit the wall up here in turn number four just a moment ago. So Jeff Gordon is still being shown on the lead lap. So only five cars are now being posted on the lead lap. We are wrapping up this caution period. This will be the 83rd mile of caution that has been run today. Uh, Brett Bodine's car is still sitting on the pit lane with an official standing directly in front of the car. So that five-lap penalty is being assessed by NASCAR uh, in the aftermath of an apparent uh, involvement in the accident that put Morgan Shepard up into the wall. Those same two cars, you might remember, were involved together back at lap 197. Quickly to pit road. Well, Donnie Richardson is standing here, and he said he, he, he wasn't involved with it, and he'd rather let Brett talk about it. Didn't want to say Green flag goes in the air, and hopefully we can settle the Budweiser 500. Rusty Wallace takes off. Ernie Irvin goes with him out of turn two. Rusty gets a couple of car links over Ernie, and they get a big jump, about five car links over the rest of the pack. That pack's being led by the lap car of Darrell Waltrip. Then comes the Mark Martin car. He's buried behind DW. Here they come through the corner, back to the start-finish line. 455 miles going up on the board. Separation, about three car lengths among the front two. Rusty Wallace and Ernie Irvin, they'll motor back to one. Down to the inside of the race track, hugging that inside line on the bottom of the track, coming wide off the turn and down this back straightaway. Mark Martin fading a bit now. He drops to the inside. Jeff Gordon will pull up alongside and bypass Martin to move into third. That's the first time today we have seen anybody go around on the high side in turns one and two, and Jeff Gordon pulled it off and gets around. Mark Martin to move up into the number three position. Still a hot contest for the lead. Rusty Wallace ahead by one car length up the back stretch. Ernie drifts up high coming off the turn, peeks around to the outside. Of course, no chance to make the move there. He'll fall back in line and follow Rusty Wallace back to turn three. Now as Brett Bodine pulls away in the aftermath of a five-lap penalty, Terry Labonte comes onto the pit lane. Left side tire change from the Kellogg's crew. Lap 456 on the board. Leaders back in one. Close call for Kyle Petty going down the front straightaway. He almost got into the side of the Wally Dallenbach bar car. They both got on the brakes and saved both machines. Leaders halfway down the back straightaway. Still three car links between Rusty and Ernie Irvin. And a big gap back to the third-place car. Jeff Gordon trying to break out of some of that lap traffic and get up there and make it a three-way shootout for the win here in the Budweiser 500. He zipped around Mark Martin. So did Kenny Schrader. Mark's car really not up to par here in these final laps. Here goes Jeff Gordon underneath Darrell Walter. That's not for position. That's just to get around the lap car and try and run down the front two over in turn three. He's still got one more lapped car to get around before he can get up front. And there's a lot of distance as well, about a second and a half between himself and the front-running cars. The car directly ahead of the third-place machine of Gordon now is Joe Nemechek. Nemechek running some four laps down in 14th spot, but he has been around the leaders and with the leaders for much of this afternoon. 458 laps on the board. Nose to tail, the leaders of the backstretch. Irvin has tightened it up right up on the rear deck of Rusty looking for the chance to make the move. He goes into the corner wide. Irvin peeks to the outside. Rusty blocks the lane again. Well, we kind of hope that neither one of these cars have any problems and go down to the wire. I want to see this finish myself because right now it is heating up. Underneath him in the corner goes Ernie Irvin. He grabs the lead out of turn two. Irvin brings it off turn two. Rusty again will try to peel down on the inside and try to come back. Can't quite pull off the power. He'll hold in line behind and Ernie Irvin will lead. Here coming out of turn four, one car slows on the racetrack. Greg Sachs, his U.S. Air machine looking more like a modified, which he drove for so many years here in the Northeast. He's kind of limping his car around with whatever few laps remain. There are 40 miles to go and Ernie Irvin 
tries to pull away now. One of the fastest cars out here now, maybe Jeff Gordon. He's beginning to track down the leaders. He's cleared himself with some lap traffic. Still to get around one more car. That's the Joe Nemechek car, but Gordon is shutting down the distance. And he's coming up through there in a hurry right now. A moment ago, he was about five seconds behind. He's cut it down to less than two as he gets around that lap traffic. Only one more lap car to get up to the front runners. Let's go to the pits. Party in the garage by the infield care center. Len Wood has just given us a report on Morgan Shepard. He is sitting up and talking inside the care center. Said his neck is sore and his leg is sore, but he is okay, and that's good news. That's Here. a report we get on Morgan Shepard. Here comes the battle for the lead again. Back to the start-finish line. Ernie Irvin grabbed it away from Rusty Wallace just a moment ago, but Rusty wants it back. And if there's any slip, and it might just occur right here out of turn two. Irvin goes too high. The lane is opened up. Here's Rusty once again diving down low. He'll come up alongside and flash by Ernie Irvin halfway down the backstretch. So Rusty Wallace just dives back into the corner. Can he stay on the low side of the racetrack? No, he'll drift up. It opens the inside groove again for Irvin. Here they come back to the stripe. That time. Well, it would have been a dead heat if that was the last lap. They would have had to have broken out the photo finish camera. But by turn number one, Irvin has the lead again. But he drives it deep, goes up high. Rusty is there again, peeking down low, trying to pull up alongside. He won't be able to do it. Irvin will hold him off for now. The battle now is for third. Those two cars side by side in turn three. Kenny Schrader and Jeff Gordon go at it for third place. Schrader will come away with it as they went into turn number three. It's hard to decide which one you want to watch. The battle for the lead or the battle for third. They're both good ones. Back to turn number two goes the battle for the lead. Ernie Irvin holds on to the top spot. Coming up off the turn, he tries to guard that inside lane. Rusty Wallace all over the back end of the car looking for a chance to make the move, but Irvin again will hold him off. So those cars hold their positions. Irvin does drift up just a bit again. Here comes Rusty looking to the inside. Can't make the pass. Lap 465 on the board. There's 35 to go. Can't wait to get back to the Monster Mile this weekend to see who can step forward and etch their name into the winning Dover record books. I'd like to thank Sheldon Creed for joining us on the show today. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for joining us as well. Don't forget to check us out with NASCAR Live wide open on Thursday. And we'll be back right here at 7 p.m. Eastern Time next week for another edition of NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downey, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.